Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Nice buns. Soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need, all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms, such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast, all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 12th episode now of Inquiries of Our Reality. Uh, I have a special guest with me today. His name is Chris Matthew from Forbidden Knowledge News. How's it going, man? Hey, thanks for so, so much for having me on. Uh, this is going to be a great time. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Uh, before we get started, for I'm sure most of my listeners probably know what your show is, but for anybody that doesn't, why don't you tell them a little bit about what you do? Yeah, my show is Forbidden Knowledge News, and we do Beyond Classified. Uh, recently, we've acquired some other shows, we have, so we have a whole network of shows on the Forbidden Knowledge Network, but it's uh, it mainly started with Forbidden Knowledge News. Uh, I just was curious about all the hidden nature of our reality, and it started about 2016, 2017 as a Facebook blog, and people actually started listening and getting into it, and I'm grateful, and I decided to start interviewing people that were a little bit smarter than me about these topics and uh, turned into a podcast and took off from there. So that is Forbidden Knowledge News available on all podcast platforms. And our website is forbiddenknowledge.news. Awesome. I guess that's the same with most of us here that we have all these questions that want to be answered. So we just got to consult some people. They're a little bit smarter than us, but Hey man, we learn, we get better each day. So yeah, for sure. I mean, my journey, uh, as far as learning about the nature of our reality has been phenomenal. I mean, I was considered myself completely asleep before like 2012, 2013. And the journey I've been on since then has been so surreal and amazing. And I never thought that I would have experienced and learned some of the things I've learned and got to talk with some of the most brilliant people that I have. So again, I'm grateful for, for everything that's happened. It's been a great journey. 
Oh, yeah. Like a lot of these conversations, it's like you wouldn't have any other excuse to have them. Like you can't just sit here and talk to an author just because like they won't. It's kind of a weird thing. It's nice that with right. podcasting it creates a platform for that. And then we also get to share the news with people that haven't heard it before, you know? Yeah. And for me, the biggest thing was, you know, my f- immediate friends and family weren't listening. They thought I was crazy. They were ready to have me committed <laughs> for about this st- a lot of the stuff I was talking about. So, you know what, um, I'm going to direct it to people who want to hear. They'll just come and listen if they want to listen instead of me riding down the streets on a horse, on a horse uh, screaming about pedophiles and government corruption. Let's <laughs> just put it out there and see if they want to come listen, you know. So that's the kind of route I took. And that ended up working a lot better for me because uh, people that aren't ready that's just it. They aren't ready and they will never be until they are. So. I mean, honestly, dude, that's the truth of it though. I feel like almost all of us in this community were perceived as crazy for a while here, but uh, I mean, it's kind of weird. People actually start listening. I didn't expect anybody to start listening to me just like you said, but I guess it's all about finding your right audience and it's about finding the people that actually want to hear it versus the people that are just, you know, they're so biased to anything that they don't want to hear it. So no matter what you say or how many connections you make, like they just, they look the other way. They don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah. And man, podcasting has become such an amazing thing over the past few years. When I first started, I didn't even know what a podcast was, honestly. Uh, Charlie Robinson talked me into doing it, and I'm so glad he did. Uh, but what has happened since 2016, 17 with podcasting in general and the truth community and the people that are starting to do it has become so amazing. This has become like the new form of entertainment for people. This is crushing Hollywood. This is crushing movies, crushing TV. Podcasting is the new thing. And the individuals that are doing it are real. And that's what people want. They want real information. They want truth. They want people who aren't reading off a script about some BS and uh, going with a narrative that is just about uh, controlling people's mental progress and growth and just being real and talking about true things that come from the heart. Oh, yeah, especially even the news. I feel like most people come to podcasters for real news instead of even going to like news media because you can't really trust that stuff. And you go on 10 different news channels and all of them are saying the same thing no matter if they're left or right so it's like this is the oh, only for sure. That's, get some unbiased i get my news from my most trusted fellow podcasters and broadcasters that i personally know and i personally know are putting out some fantastic information and that's a great thing to have to be able to be personally connected with the person putting out information on a large scale so that you know the information can be trusted and that's an amazing thing about building in this community is it's not all like elite Hollywood actors and radio stars that are untouchable and wouldn't have anything to do with you on the outside world. No, we're all just normal people trying to get uh, information out there. And it's becoming a a massive global community of just normal people, normal men men and women trying to get the truth. And that's a wonderful thing. That's what we've been needing. I don't know about you, man, but it was almost like a call to action for me where it was like I got to a certain point where I felt like if I didn't start talking about this information, I was going to like almost explode, you know? And when I did talk, everybody looked at me like I was crazy. So being able to have this opportunity that people actually want to listen to us is an amazing thing, even for us. Like we appreciate everybody that listens to us, like every single person. (laughs) Yes, for sure. And, you know, even if my show would have never taken off and nobody been listening, I'd probably just get up every day and talk into the microphone and yell at myself just to get the information out of my my own mind, you know. Uh, But, yeah, it has been a a beautiful progress and i'm so grateful for everyone that's jumping on board with this and kind of following their passion because that's what this time is about i think this whole period we're in is for people to grasp onto their true path 
uh, start living their passion and start living what they were always meant to do. And this time it's, it's perfect for that, man, where everything's being turned upside down, systems are crumbling and we're start, we're heading into a new era of, I believe, uh, a more spiritual and enlightened era and people with are going to be more willing to get the information that uh, was considered hidden or esoteric before because all these things are changing and the hidden and esoteric is all coming to light right now. Yeah. And it's about time. I've heard a bunch of stuff talking about a great awakening, even if uh, I feel like it's starting to progress into it and it may take a couple generations to get into just like most things. But I mean, in the grand scheme of time, that's a very small period, but it's awesome that we're finally starting to move into this thing that I've been hearing everybody talk about for such a long time. And they were trying to get control with COVID, but honestly, they just gave everybody the ultimate red pill where it's like, if you haven't questioned one part of COVID, I don't, you're probably never going to get it as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And we've reached a point where they're grasping at straws with new agendas to try and keep us in that lower vibrational and kind of sleeping state that many people were in before. And it's still working for a lot of people. Uh, the fear-based um, agendas are really working for people who are stuck in that. But like you said, there's a huge portion of humanity that's turning that around and and taking the information that's coming out and being discerned and turned back around on those individuals that are lying to us. It's a wonderful thing to see this whole kind of dystopian system start to crumble right before their eyes. But uh, it is a it is an uphill battle because we do have a lot of individuals that are still stuck in this matrix and still fighting for what they believe is reality. And it just continues to crumble, and it's not going to be good for them. We got uh, we got many different timelines that people are on right now, and I think it just depends on each person's own personal perception of what's going on. Uh, if you know, if you're a person that's listening to the news all day and been indoctrinated and believe all the words that are coming out, you're probably not going to be in a, a a better emotional or mental state than a lot of us who aren't paying attention to that stuff and living our lives just like it's it's a normal day so the there's a big split in people's perceptions right now and and the the mass consciousness of the planet and we got a few different choices we can ascend we can stay where we're at or we can just keep going down with the boat and enter the metaverse or something Oh, yeah. And I feel like, honestly, that's why there's such a huge mental illness crisis like you were talking about a little bit earlier is because people are starting to get that we don't we aren't intended to live this way. And they're so unhappy about it that they don't even know what to do anymore. So they're they just feel like they have all these mental illnesses when that may not even be the case. It's because you've been such so suppressed uh, your entire life that you just know something's wrong, but you don't quite know what it is. So you just resort to depression and all these other things. And it's kind of funny that you mentioned that, too, because uh, I don't know if you listen to No Agenda, but a couple episodes ago, they were talking. I don't remember exactly what newscast it was from. I'll have to look it up because I've referenced this a couple times. Um, but they were trying to say that people that were anti-vax were, had like mental illness and stuff like that, according to a recent survey or something. And it was like, yeah, dude, you're just you're just hanging, going for the low hanging fruit at this point. <laughs> yeah, that's all this is about. Um, they have lost so much control when it comes to people's perception that all they have is the media nowadays. And the more people tune out of that, the less power they have and people are tuning out. And you mentioned depression. Uh, for and Depression, I think, is stemming from our whole reality that's built up on a false system. Like I would wake up depressed every day to go to my job 
I was making good money and I was doing well. I was, you know, I was a, a cell phone salesman and that was before I read this took off and I started doing this full time, but I would wake up depressed every morning. I, you know, I didn't know why I knew that I hated my job, but it was well beyond that. And the, the fact that millions of Americans are feeling this way, unfulfilled and hating their job when they're waking up the collective energy that's being uh, formed by these, these thoughts and feelings of depression on a mass scale is affecting a lot of other people. It, it emanates out from that one person. And the same thing with positive, positive thinking and being productive and, and not being depressed. So we have that that's also spreading out through the community as well and has been. But like you said, now is a time where it's starting to counteract a little bit. It's kind of funny you mentioned that too, because uh, my, my current job before I started podcasting, I'd wake up, like I used to really like it at one point and it's become more and more corporatized. So I'm getting to the point where it's like I would wake up and I just would hate going to work and I wanted nothing to do with it, which is kind of messed up because I'm a cannabis grower by trade. So it's not anything you're supposed to start hating, you know? Right. And uh, thanks to this pot, the being able to podcast and stuff, it's our, it's helped me a lot with, I had all this suppressed emotion that I needed to get out. And now because I've had the ability to say these things I need to say, instead of just having them cloud up in my mind, it's like, it's gotten rid of the, the depression. And on top of that too, it's kind of nice that, even at work because of, you know, COVID and all that stuff, like I was saying, all these people that wouldn't listen to me before are starting to listen to me. I keep using this reference, but, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist until it's true. <laughs> Nobody wants to believe you. And then six months later, everything comes comes true. And they're, you're like, I was telling you guys. And they're like, oh, how, well, how did you know? You think you can predict the future? And it's like, no, a lot of us just recognize patterns. And we see patterns go on through history. So we know what's going to happen before it happens, not even from some kind of mystical power, just seeing patterns and connecting the dots. Like we, when we're, what we're doing with these podcasts is we're also helping other people to have that ability because I, as far as I go, you know, I was a long time listener and now I'm finally doing this stuff. And a lot of my ability to figure out how to connect these dots and stuff came from listening to these podcasts. So, I mean, it's definitely a helpful thing. And I always tell people, anybody out there that's willing to start a podcast or wants to start a podcast, just, just do it. You'd be surprised at, you know, who to listen to you and how much better you'll feel when you can finally get this stuff out instead of, you know, we keep referencing it, but your family and your friends just thinking you're insane, even though you went up being right six months later. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's super therapeutic just to be able to talk about this stuff because holding it in and not telling anybody it it can it can affect you. And you and I knowing that a lot most of the stuff we're looking into is profoundly true. And it, you know, once you start looking into it, you can't go back. It's not like you can unsee some of the stuff that we're doing. And Living in a matrix is probably more accurate than any, anything that has ever been said before. Living in a simulated reality or holographic because none of this around us, none of this is physical, none of this is even real. And the more we learn about how fake and unreal our physical reality is, it's like unplugging from the matrix, from, that, from the movie The Matrix when he's pulling out the wires. But for us, we are connected with billions and billions of programmed wires. We've been programmed since birth, and we're full of that. So when we pull out a wire, there's like 100 other wires beneath it that we got to sift through and, and pull through. And it's like, it's like you know peeling an onion as well. There's layers and layers to reality. And you could get to a certain layer and then get stuck and be like, oh, man, this is horrible. This is where I'm at. But you got to think, nope, there's more layers under that. And, uh, you know, it's it's... Definitely, like I said, living in a simulation. I have a story 
that happened to me recently that I can tell that kind of it kind of shows the different layers of reality that we live in. And not only that, the uh, the hidden reality of life and entities within that spectrum that we can't see that interact with us and actually cause us to go different directions in our life, uh, affect our emotions. Uh, I'm talking about spiritual attachments. Uh, these things are very real and they can be attached to everyone. And then they are, and I've had my own. And the, that adds another layer of possible deceptions to what's going on in this reality. And I can tell you about what happened if you want. Yeah, yeah, of course. <clears throat> yeah, well, I've told this before. I don't know if you heard this on my show. I told it a couple of times, but uh, I do a lot of uh, psychedelics. I go on a lot of uh, spirit uh, spirit quests and and journeys to to try and uh, it's therapeutic purposes mainly uh, spiritual and just trying to uh, figure out the nature of reality and myself. And I've been doing this since I had my first uh, spiritual contact experience, and that was through meditation. And after I, I got in contact with now what I understand are my spirit guides and my higher self, they instructed me to, you know, once again, start using psychedelics, which I did as a teenager. I used it for partying and fun, didn't have the, any idea of the profound uh, purposes of psychedelics. So uh, recently, after I had my first contact experience, I was instructed to uh, use psychedelics to kind of further my journey here and learn more about the hidden nature of reality and my abilities and things that have been suppressed. And one of the main things that I was told by my spirit guides is to get rid of childhood trauma. That was one of the first things. And I find that very interesting. So I did. I started exploring you know, what could have possibly triggered childhood traumas, uh, started working on myself, doing psychedelics, which were amazing for figuring out that stuff. It's like having a therapist in your head for eight to 10 hours at a time, just yelling at you, bringing up your, <laughs> your, your worst childhood memories or things that are buried, locked inside that you can't find. Uh, that's great for bringing that up and helping you deal with it. So I did. And, uh, um, as I was doing that, I was also having profound contact experiences with other celestial beings, what people might consider extraterrestrials, angels, my higher self, and spirit guides through these uh, many, many profound experiences. Well, one of my uh, last experiences that I've had, and I'm not even sure if I really need psychedelics anymore after that experience, probably along the way just to, to tune some things up, but uh, this was a very profound one. Uh, I was, well, I, let me start with this. I, I live with my girlfriend, October, and she is a, a very gifted psychic medium, and she actually has never done psychedelics or anything like that before. And she wanted to, to try to see what it's like, uh, see if she could get in touch with anything. And I was like, sure. So I thought I was going to walk her through her experience. Well, that didn't exactly happen that way. Um, it was very profound what happened. She didn't feel anything. <laughs> she took what is considered a heroic dose of mushrooms. The five grams or the uh, seven grams? five just as a, she'd never taken it before so i wasn't gonna go seven but <laughs> i gave her a five like i started out one two hours would go by nothing nothing i'm like oh my gosh so i gave her five and i was like that's it you know see what happens she didn't nothing she's like i feel a little focused um i feel sleepy 
I'm like, oh, okay, this isn't <laughs> normal. Um, but again, <clears throat> I was having a profound experience. I they were kicking my ass, and I was like, all right, well, let's explore some of my stuff since since you're not going anywhere. And we did. We started to explore some childhood traumas. We got to a point where I figured out a major childhood trauma and who was responsible, and that they were like a high level uh, Masonic priest involved in all kind of stuff. So these major profound things started coming up. And uh, after the most hurtful things and the most uh, disastrous things that I would work through came up, I felt better. I thought that was it. I was like, wow, we, we did a lot of work there. We got through a lot of stuff. But all of a sudden, I'm talking to her, and this had never happened. I've done psychedelics hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of times. I don't know how many. And I've, I've had profound experiences of what you call hallucinated, but I know what the, the difference, I know it's not really a hallucination. Now, I know that it, all of this is tapping into different spectrums of our, our, our vision and our perception and our consciousness, and it's not necessarily a hallucination. Well, what happened was uh, I was speaking to her and all of a sudden the things she was saying, she was saying started to get darker and more ominous. And she's uh, basically what kind of stuff she's saying, well, she started saying, um, you know, I love you, but I got here a different way than you believe. I, I crash landed on this planet many thousands of years ago. And then I found you when you came along, and I decided to help you grow. I attached myself to you, and I'm I've been here with you for a long time, helping you uh, with your journey and helping you grow. And look how far I've gotten you. And as she was saying that, she was like, "You don't want me anymore." Her face, everything shifted into the most terrifying, like reptilian entity I've ever seen. It had huge fangs. It was like green, scaly. And it was still wearing her, her like clothes, but it started to follow me around the house and like saying, you don't want me anymore. You don't. And I'm like, oh, my God. So as it's following me, my house starts to change uh, the, the outside. The sky turns blood red. My walls are all moldy and dingy and prison bars are on the windows. And I start to intuitively realize I'm in a mind prison. This whatever this thing is, it has me trapped in here right now. And it's probably been with me for a while, and it's just now I'm starting to realize it's here. And it had me trapped for a long time in a lot of ways. And I was like, oh, shit, that's what's going on here. This thing is real. It's been with me. It's an attachment, and it's coming out. And I'm, like, freaking out. I'm like, how am I going to get out of here? What is going on? I had no idea what happened to my girlfriend at this point. Yeah, well, I, she, like, during this, during what I'm perceiving, she's like, what is going on? She's just sitting there in the bed like, oh. <laughs> And so I, for some reason, I go to the shower and I'm like, I, uh, trying to figure out how am I going to get out of here? Start running hot water on myself. And as I'm doing this, she's in the bedroom calling upon archangels, uh, Gabriel, Michael, her team to, to come and battle whatever the hell this is going on with me. And I'm in the shower. I'm like, oh, what am I supposed to do? I'm trapped in this thing, prison with this reptilian. And even the shower, like it was all dingy around me. The shower looked all moldy. And like it was like I was in this gross green prison. But my house, again, it's nice. It's, it's not dirty. It's, it's Sounds like Silent Hill or something. Yes, it changes. was so creepy. And, I, and the water was kind of dingy and dark. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And all of a sudden, as I'm kind of freaking out and not knowing what I'm going to do, this 
huge commanding voice in my head and like surrounding me and verberating and like vibrating says, no, it's a deception. And as soon as it said that, I, I just puked this black stuff up all over. The, and of course it went down the drain. I don't have any evidence. I couldn't keep it, but it went straight, blah, huge, just, and I kept spitting it up, spitting it up. And as I was spitting it up, the, the lights in the room were becoming brighter and brighter. And as I'd spit up more, just all of a sudden it was a huge, like the, it was, everything was back to normal. The colors were all great. Everything was bright, but brighter than ever, like super bright. I could barely even see. I was like, Oh my God, what's going on? And I felt this immense love and power. And I knew that these angels were right here with me like right there and they had expelled whatever this was and i you know went outside and told her she's like yeah i called upon him and i saw it i saw this reptilian and we threw it through a portal i was like holy shit and i you know after that i was just i felt amazing uh it, you know i felt like a, a huge weight has been lifted i'm sleeping better than i've ever slept before i'm not having any weird more weird nightmares there's no telling how long this thing had been with me affecting my perception of everything going on in this world and you know whether we're, we're on a ball floating through space or a simulation or whatever these entities are real and they're they're here they're surrounding us at all times and from what i from what I've learned, they feed on us. They attach to us. They love our light. They are like reptiles uh, sitting in the sun, and they just bask off our light all day. But they also suck our energy. They drain us, and they they give us you know bad feelings and and bad thoughts. And I don't know if they're aliens or spiritual beings. This this really seemed like a spiritual entity to me. Uh, but whatever they are, they're very real. And it wasn't until I had that experience and expelled it realize how different and how, how much these things can affect your perception of reality. And it's pretty crazy. I'm glad that you bring up the psychedelic topic because this is personally one of my favorite topics. So I got a couple of stories I want to share with you. So for sure. I was a big alcoholic for a while, right? And my way of getting off of it was I've always heard these stories about people trying like LSD and stuff like that. So I, I go through a bunch of stuff. I almost lose my family. Um, and I'm talking my, 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 my kid, my girlfriend, stuff like that. Also kind of funny. My daughter's name's October and I've never met anybody else named October. <laughs> but uh, so I start trying to do LSD to see if I can kind of get over this hump. And once I started doing LSD, I started experiencing kind of weird things. Like uh, I would close my eyes and then my girlfriend would put up her fingers behind me and stuff. And I'd be able to tell what finger she had up, almost like you have some kind of extra senses that you don't normally have. So I started going down this psychedelic rabbit hole journey and um, I, uh, I, I remember seeing one time that I looked up into the sky and almost saw like a grid pattern in the sky, which was also kind of a strange thing to me. And I always had this thing where I always felt like there's something kind of like around watching me, but I couldn't quite figure out what it was. So from that, I was like, all right, I kind of want to see other psychedelics to kind of figure out, you know, if I can get a different perspective on what these things might be. So then I... Uh, get some mushrooms and I end up eating way too, way too much of them. And I hadn't done them to that extent before. So I kept getting this voice in the back of my head, like kind of like how you were saying, that was pretty much saying like, you didn't understand, you didn't understand. Now you have to deal with this kind of a thing. Like telling, telling me like negative things, basically saying like, I need to understand the mushrooms before I can see what I need to see kind of a concept. So I have the worst, one of the worst experiences, which I, in the end, it kind of turned into a good one, but 
I go out and I roll two joints. I go outside. I smoke them. I'm just trying to, you know, get the time to to pass. And it, it was only like, I don't know, like 15 minutes tops. It was actually two blunts, but it was like 15 minutes. And I rolled these things, smoked both of them, and came back in. It was only 15 minutes. And I'm just still hearing this voice in the back of my head. So when the trip's over, I say, all right, they, they were telling me something. I need to learn how to understand these things. So I talked to my one friend who was an amateur mycologist at the time. I started doing a bunch of research myself. Um, I end up learning how to how to grow them for myself, and you know when that that time comes, they're ready to go. So I eat them again that time, and I hear have I don't want to say the same experience, but the same voice in the back of my head. But now it's happy and it's saying like, now you understand, now you can see, now we can show you, and it was again with the whole feeling like something was watching me from around the corner, but I couldn't quite see it. But it almost felt like they were trying to just kind of see what I would do. And with all of this, I started doing a lot of like character building, uh, correcting myself, like you were saying, get rid- getting rid of like childhood trauma. Because I have a little, little bit of a long story with my mom, but I don't talk to her now. And that was part of one of those things that psychedelics made me realize is that you don't need toxic people in my in your life because they suck your soul out essentially. Um, so then, fast forward a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm kind of figuring this stuff out a little bit, but I'm not quite getting all the answers I need. So then I get some DMT trying to you know, CC it and actually be there. So I haven't gotten to the full extent of it where I've actually like blasted off and fully seen anything. But my last experience with it was, was really weird. So I go to hit it and it's probably just about enough that if I hit any more, I wouldn't have been able to still be standing up. And I have a couple cats, so they all are looking in this other direction. So I look in that direction and on my pillow, I start seeing a geometric pattern appear and it kind of swirls and then the best way to describe it is almost like the DMT entities where they look like they're made out of a bunch of different patterns. But the best way I can describe it is imagine the art of like the Japanese demons that are very colorful. Um, it kind of had that look to it, but with DMT kind of patterns to it, but it didn't seem like it was anything bad. It seemed like it was trying to show me something, but it appears on the pillow and it does this like come to me kind of motion. And then as it does the second hand gesture, it kind of just fades away and dissipates so I'm kind of sitting right there right now, but I, I'm on your side with all this kind of stuff that I feel like there's some kind of connection to the other side because I was recently reading something that said that they were experimenting on people that had eaten mushrooms and they realized that rather than having more brain activity like you would expect, you actually have less brain activity, which starts making me question whether the fact that it's some kind of connection that makes you in tune with something else um, because they say that humans can only see, what is it like one or seven? It was a really low number. One of those two percent of the light spectrum. So we understand consciousness as like a carbon based solid thing, not understanding that there's, there could be a consciousness that's light based. And I mean, the bot, like a bunch of religions talk about light based beings. So I don't see why people see it as such a far off thing, but honestly, I'm with you. I feel like there's almost like a, like a layer over our reality in a sense like bees can see ultraviolet light. And I feel like when we take certain psychedelics or we have these certain meditative connections or anything like that, we can kind of start to see a little bit more of this spectrum. But I, I'm trying to, I, I wish there was something else that it was like in between mushrooms and in between DMT that you could see more within our physical world without being thrown out of your body. Because it's, well, I think, I, I think ayahuasca is probably what you're, you're hitting at there. That's probably one of those. I have not done it yet, but 
Um, I, it, with my experiences, you know, starting with LSD, it's a little slight shift in perception. You get a little bit in there. Then mushrooms for me, I would take large doses. So I would get a little bit further into that realm, not necessarily seeing the entities, but definitely seeing them in my mind. If I closed my eyes, I could see them. I could, I could see definitely them. hear stuff too. I could see little etheric animal hybrid beings. I could see like tall looking like uh, alien beings, just huge blue beautiful angelic beings when i close my eyes i could see them on the mushrooms but when i open them no i could feel definitely feel them all around me when they would come uh but you were saying you grew the mushrooms and i find this amazing whenever i was growing them i would uh, not only talk to them i you know give tell them loving things i would just give them more care like you know give them lots of oxygen and just spend time with them uh, and I find that the more I did that during the growing process, the, the better I would feel like the, the more potent they would be and the better experiences I've had, I would have and more like connection with the actual mushrooms. I would, uh, it, like, uh, there was a few times where I had just grown them and I plucked them and they're still wet and just mm -hmm. ate them. And those experiences were so, I felt so like a part of the mycelia and I felt like it's very different than mushroom, when you dry them. Yes. It's more I of felt a what the mushroom would feel like in the ground at times. And just, it was, it was a very profound experience. And I felt the gratitude from these things for me growing them and, you know, spending time with them. It was very, it was crazy. I don't know if you could understand, but. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm very in tune with that too. I had a rule that if I was ever in a bad mood, I would not step foot in that room. I used to talk to them. I used to play music for them. You know, I used to just like take take pictures of them. And I was very particular about the fact that like I didn't sell them or anything. Um, but if my close friends wanted to have a spiritual connection of some sort, uh, you know, I'd let them come over and I'd kind of guide them through it. But I was very particular about don't disrespect these things because I put a lot of time and love into these things and they don't deserve that. And you're not going to get what you want with it. Because I had one friend who kind of convinced me to like give him some, but I didn't really know his, his intentions. And uh, he pretty much said that him and his girlfriend had like one of the worst. Well, I don't think so much him. It was mainly him having to deal with his girlfriend, but she had like one of the worst experiences she's ever had in her life to the point where he's like, all right, no, I think we're, we're good on these things. And it's like, I told you, dude, you can't disrespect these things. If you take care of them, they'll take care of you. But if you disrespect them, they're, they're going to disrespect you back. Best way to describe it, honestly. Yeah, and it, it totally depends on where the person is in their mental state when they're taking it. Like if they're if, they, if there's anything bother, I find for me personally, if there's anything bothering me at all, it's gonna come up like a thousand fold in that experience, even the smallest thing, like you know, being late for an appointment earlier. Oh my god, I made that doctor upset with me because I was late for the you know, you start freaking out about this stuff if you have any worries at all. So there's no telling what kind what people are bringing into these experiences if they don't, if they aren't aware that once you go to the experience, you're going to have that with you the whole time. And you're going to have this, like, even if it's the stupidest thing, like you accidentally shut a door on grandma earlier, that's going to come up. And until you deal with the fact that you shut the door on grandma and you work through it emotionally, it's not going away the whole trip. And that's the way it is. Like you have to be sure that what you're going into is what you're bringing into this thing is so positive. You have to clear your mind of all negativity. Cause if not, you're just going to have to work through it during the trip, you know? It's true. They say that my, I feel like my best description and the best one that I've heard is that like when you take LSD, it's like being inside of a rocket ship where you can throw yourself into each side and you can kind of throw yourself into a different method of thinking. But particularly mushrooms, it's like being strapped to the outside where if you don't give them full control, like 
you're just going to fuck yourself. That's the best way to describe it. Like if you have a negative emotion, you got to deal with it right then and there. Otherwise you, it's, it's just going to cast a shadow over everything you're trying to do. Because I feel like more so mushrooms than most things is all about, is more of a tool and it's all about building yourself and your mind and connecting with the spirit realm or spirit world, whatever you'd want to refer to it as where like LSD is a little bit more man created. So it's a little bit more like you can kind of sway it a little bit more, but yeah, mushrooms. I I always feel that spiritual connection with mushrooms. You're right. The LSD didn't quite get me there, but it's, it's immediate. Not what I do with the, with every experience is that I would call upon my guides to be there with me during the experience, my, my angels. And if I did it right, they would be, and I would not have any negative effects during the whole thing. All I would feel is profound love and get information from these guys about myself the whole time. Uh, but I find if I forgot to call them in or just hastily went in and took them, it'd just be like a normal trip where I'd work through normal BS, you know. But if you call upon your spirit guides and you become connected during these experiences, uh, it's it's a it's a much different experience uh, being connected to the other side or to yourself or to your higher self. Do you uh, have you ever had any visions or anything on psychedelics? Because before we get into that part, I was going to say I've had a couple of visions myself that's kind of made me believe in the possibility of like reincarnation and stuff. But uh, you yourself, have you had any of those kind of experiences? Um, I've had, <laughs> I don't know if you'd call them visions, but uh, yeah, uh, there was one where um, I was talking to a psychic friend of mine and she was worried that in the next few months, actually, that California is going to experience a major cataclysm. And they, they may be like a tidal wave that affects a large portion of the coast. And she's she's getting these visions about that. And, you know, I hear this from psychics all the time. I interview psychics. I'm like, yeah, I've heard because California is going to be wiped off the map. I know. So I just take it with a grain of salt. And I was just telling her, well, you know, I'm about to do a vision quest here with my mushrooms in a little while. Maybe I'll see. But uh, every vision quest, I've never gotten any information about really anything besides myself and my personal journey and what's connected to me. So I didn't I didn't have any hopes that I would get anything out of this, asking them about a cataclysm in California. But I tried anyway. I was going for a walk with my dogs and I was under the uh, influence and I was like, oh, yeah, let me uh, let me ask my guides because I was connected to them, talking to them. Let me ask my guides about California. And it was very interesting when I asked them and turn the corner. I mean, I'm, I was in a new neighborhood at the time, didn't know where I was going, just walking around. I knew the basic direction of my house so I could get home, and that was it. Take a right on the street. I don't know where I'm going, and as soon as I turn there, huge dead-end sign, and not only that, when I turn, before I even see the dead-end sign, I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like water's coming up in my throat. I can't breathe, and I have to turn around from that street. If I turn back, I felt like I was going to drown, and I just asked if California is going to be hit by a tidal wave. So to me, and I, you know, I don't know, I could just be connected to something else, but to me, that was pretty profound. And it makes me wonder that in the near future, is something going to happen in California? I don't know. Um, but other than that, as far as visions, well, I've been taken on a ship before. Um, I was with my guides and this happened through meditation as well, not just um, mushrooms, this happened twice. The first time was meditation. I was meditating in the tub and I was in contact with my guides, closed my eyes and I was on a ship, beautiful uh, gunmetal gray floors and walls and huge massive windows you could see out into space. And my guides were all around sitting on these little balconies and they were little hybrid animal beings just talking to me, sending me love. Um, and the second time <laughs> I was also taken on that same ship 
uh, psychedelics, I was just laying down in a meditative state. Uh, all of a sudden, I feel the, the profound love from all my guides surrounding me and just ask me if you want to go on a trip. Yeah. And then I just feel like all of a sudden I'm taken out of my body and boom, I can see uh, all around me. I'm on the ship just sitting there talking with my guides. Uh, and those were pretty profound experiences. Uh, I guess that's as close as to what you could call visions as, as I've been. I mean, as far for, as far as me, um, I have three particular ones, uh, not super long stories, but they're all in mushrooms, of course, too. Um, I, there was one time I went outside during the winter because, you know, on psychedelics, sometimes you just need like a temperature change where if you're in a warm house, you just need to get cold for a minute and just kind of jump back and forth. So I go outside, I put on my coat, um, and I have this thing where I felt like my eyes wanted to pull shut. Like even if I wanted to keep them open, I couldn't keep them open. And when they pulled closed... I was the best way to describe it is from what I could see, because it was, you know, being within the person, it looked like I was in the middle of a field and it was the middle of winter. And I had a couple dogs with me. And from when I look back, the best way to describe it, it looked like, like there was like a handful of Vikings behind me. And I look at my arms and stuff and it look, I'm wearing like, you know, furs and all that kind of stuff. And then like my eyes pull back and then I'm back to normal and everything's cool. So the second time that this happens, it's maybe like a month or two later, I do them again. Um, I'm, the same person from what I could tell, because like, like the texture of the hands, all that kind of stuff looks the same, but I'm on a Viking ship and I'm in the middle of the middle of the ocean. And it's like just super peaceful middle of the night. I'm just looking over the edges and stuff. This is one, this particular time I was sitting on my couch. I wasn't outside, but it, I guess the same kind of thing where I felt like I got pulled into it and I could see that. And that thought was kind of weird. So then the third time also kind of strange that it makes this connection. And I don't know if it's like a mental connection or if it's, something with the mushrooms in particular, but as you know, like Viking cu culture, they saw the mushrooms as the fruit of the gods. So there's this particular time that I'm assuming I'm the same person. I'm not hundred percent sure, but the tan texture and all that kind of stuff look the same. Um, I'm in this, like the best way to describe it is like a little hut and there's a fire in the middle of it. And there's a handful of people sitting around me and I have a bowl in my hand and it's full of mushrooms. And I, I'm like going to pass them to people and then we all go to eat them. And then as I eat the mushroom, I like come back to where I was before. So my question is that I've been thinking about is one, is it a possibility of reincarnation? Cause it seems like I end up being the same person every time or two, is it some type of connection through the mushrooms? Almost like the mycelium network is some kind of like database where I'm seeing somebody else's experiences connecting with mushrooms. And then I questioned whether or not I was seeing that for a reason and if it had to do with something that I needed to do or something that I needed to remember. Um, I mean, as far as that, that was when I, weirdly enough, I actually started doing the things where I started giving my friends them and getting them on spiritual journeys because I kind of saw that as maybe that was what that was trying to tell me was that at some point I did spirit journeys or I was connected to somebody that did spirit journeys. So it's like kind of weird. It's like most things in this community that the, the more you scratch at it, the deeper it goes. Yeah, um, you, I think you're spot on with, well, the connection is, of course, very profound amongst all of us. And I've found this uh, to be especially true whenever I have group experiences under psychedelics. Now, recently, I haven't had many. I tried to with uh, October, my girlfriend, but uh, yeah, of course, that didn't work out. But I haven't had many group experiences lately, but I can go back to a time as a <clears throat> as a teenager and there have been times where we would all see the same thing at the same time or experience the same thing at the same time or have some kind of telepathy going on. Well, 
it, I mean, one time I, we all looked over at my friend and he was Mickey Mouse. Like we all pointed at this. Oh my God, it's Mickey Mouse. It's like, it was crazy. So there is a connection there and it, 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 it through psychedelics, it becomes more profound or pronounced, but that what that connection is, you know, it's, it's anyone's guess, but I always go back to <clears throat> that. We are all part of, um, I guess one individual source or starting point that at some point decided to split off into trillions and bazillions of pieces and experience. And that could possibly be where these past life memories come in, is that at one point we were all just one. We we're all just one source that decided to split off into the universe, into infinite pieces and experience and learn and grow. And there's still some kind of connection between all those pieces. And maybe in some way, all those pieces are trying to get back to the same one piece and that could be what's happening right now with this awakening and and people coming online i don't know i like to think about things like that because uh those connections are definitely there and how uh how profound and how far do these connections go and how much are we a part of each other is that's the big question right yeah i mean i've been throwing around this concept and since you like to think in this way i'm gonna throw it at you i've thrown it at my last couple of guests just trying to get different perspectives of this so there's a couple pieces to it, but to start, I'll just go with this. So if we create AI, that means that we would be gods to AI as far as they're concerned, because we're the people that created them. So if you go into like Anunnaki belief and stuff like that, that would mean that the Anunnaki's would have been, or Anunnaki, however the plural is of that, would have been what we perceive as gods, but there would still be something above them. And then there'd be something above that. So then my question goes into where does that chain stop? And if time isn't linear, is it possible that the first thing creates the last thing and it's a continuous cycle? Or is it that consciousness, like you said, because I believe that the meaning of life is experience and experience is, is it that it's almost like the old models and it consciousness is upgrading to the new model? Like there may not be, you know, Anunnaki anymore because maybe all of the consciousness transferred into the next, the next type of being. And maybe that's why you know, that people try to say that, oh, we don't see these things. We're not around. They're not coming here, which I'm kind of on, on the fence. Go kind of go both ways, depending on the experience. But maybe it's a possibility because the consciousness transferred into humans now when it used to be something else. That is interesting. And on top of that, it's like we're in some kind of spiritual ecosystem where every entity, everything has its part to play. And it may not be good or bad. You know, say some people th think he automatically think the word succubus is evil, it's bad. Well, it's a demon that sucks on sexual energy or feeds on sexual energy. What if, if that demon wasn't around and that sexual energy would, went unchecked, you know, would you be going around trying to rape everybody all the time? Or did this succubus maybe help out and take some of that energy out. And the same thing with, you know, all these strange unexplained entities that we hear about that may be uh, affecting people in a neck that seemingly affecting people in a negative way are just doing their job on a cosmic scale. And that's the, the role of every entity, whether it's humans, animals, or beings of light, they all have a kind of cosmic role to play uh in i guess evolution of everything and somehow it's all connected to our consciousness see i've been passing around the idea too that the dmt entities i hear a lot of stories about people saying that they see them creating universes and doing these different things and creating matter and different things from their speech it kind of makes me wonder if there's a possibility that maybe those are the things that create everything 
and maybe there isn't something before them, but it's a concept that humans don't typically understand is that something could have always been. And maybe it's like, it's right in front of us. And all you have to do is take these psychedelics. And that's why they're so illegal. And that's why DMT in particular is like one of the most illegal substances um, is because they know that this connection to this world is literally right in front of us. And we could literally speak to God, so to speak, you know, depending on how you, how you look at that term um, and the creators of us just by stepping to the other side, because it seems like everybody that has the experiences too, they talk about how they're, they, first of all, they look confused that you're there at first. And then they try to bestow knowledge on you and show you things and tell you like not to take life so seriously and just different things. And it's kind of weird too, that I've noticed that almost everybody that talks about these stories um, they show them something that's related to something that they're intended to do. So a couple of particular stories coming from people that are more famous that people would know is Joe Rogan talks about how he sees the Jokers and he's a comedian. So, and then you talk about how Terrence McKenna sees the machine elves and he's more of like a mystic type. So maybe that's what it's showing him. And then uh, I think, I think it's bright insight is the name of the guy's YouTube channel but he does a bunch of stuff about Egypt. And he was talking about this story where before he even started doing any of that, there was an entity that was showing him like an Egyptian pyramid. So I don't know if they're the ones that are possibly creating reality, that would explain these types of situations happening where it seems like they tell people what they're going to do before they're even doing it. I mean, Joe Rogan, a little bit different, but yeah, the, the, the phenomenon which you can consider UFOs, you can consider paranormal, you can consider everything. It's all connected. It's, it seems to be a part of us. It's a part of our consciousness. And it's so personal because everybody's experience, whether it may have similarities, but it's so personal to them and different from other people's experience. It's like to guide them personally. And that adds a, another complete layer of, you know, how these entities can have a connection to everyone, but yet still have such a personal connection to, to individuals. And each individual could have their own completely different experience, maybe with the same being. I don't know. Uh, it was interesting. I was talking to Dr. Gregory Little the other day, and he was talking about a Native American who had experiences, what he calls a little blue people. And he says they're kind of like guardians of reality. They're tricksters. They start out where they try and play tricks on you, trying to, you know, get you confused and, and give you misinformation and lies. But once you get past that element of them and you build their trust, they give you profound cosmic wisdom and help you along the way, which makes me think that, you know, are these all entities part of the same thing, just one massive trickster entity that's trying to get you to grow and learn, maybe starting out by lying to you, telling you BS. But if you sift past it, if you know it's BS and you learn, maybe these beings will give you a little bit more wisdom, a little bit more profound. Uh, and, you know, they could be with you your whole lives. And maybe that's why you start out at a young age, fucking up a lot, making a lot of mistakes. But as you learn, these beings kind of help, help and teach you along the way, you know? It's kind of funny you referenced that too, because uh, part of my story, I guess I didn't tell you, uh, I've said it on a couple other podcasts, but when I was a kid, I used to astro project out of my body when I would sleep and then I'd come back and have sleep paralysis, but I would just kind of be outside of my body where I could see myself sleeping. But I always had, the, when I was a kid in particular, it was never anything that felt like dark or evil, but I always felt like something was watching me around the corner. And the best way I can describe that is when I got into my mushroom experiences, it, I remember it being a very, very similar feeling. So I almost felt like I was back at home, if that kind of makes sense. And uh, like these, like you were saying, these things have been around our entire life and they, they watch us, you know, almost like guides too, that they want to push you in the right direction because there is a grand scheme. 
And then that makes me question certain things too, that even if they're, it's kind of like yin and yang. They can't be good without bad. And you need, you need both in order for things to progress. So it makes me wonder if there's, say, like a good side to these things and a bad side, but not as cut and dry as that sounds. Yeah, just so, a dualistic nature of them, you know? Yeah, so they have one side that's, you know, pushing people to do good things, but the other side, they're also kind of pushing those people to do good things by doing bad things, if that makes sense. Like, if there wasn't people pulling shady shit, there wouldn't be this whole community of podcasters because there wouldn't be a need for it. So it, like, pushes people into a bigger passion and in turn, if lo- the meaning of life is experience, maybe you're supposed to go through different things like being a piece of shit, for example, just so you know what the experience is like to be a piece of shit. And then being a good person so you know what the experience is like to be a good person. And just being able to f- play through all these different possibilities of different types of walks of life and different types of people. Because at the end of it, like each experience builds up to create a bigger view of what reality could possibly be. Yeah, it's like this whole thing was created for consciousness evolution and everything that's a part of it is kind of designed and integrated to help us along that evolution. That's very interesting. Um, I was thinking about, I think it was either Blavatsky or maybe it's Crowley, I don't know. Uh, But it was a chart uh, that showed, you know, mineral, animal or mineral, vegetable, animal and on up to Elohim, to the highest order of angelic beings. And, you know, makes me wonder, you're talking about what's above them, or is there anything above these creator race beings that might have constructed our reality? Uh, or, you know, are we actually, in some way, those creator beings are above them, and we created all this for ourselves? Like, it know, it deep. Yeah, it gets deep. See, and then that's when you start getting into, like, fourth dimensional, fifth dimensional concepts that, you know, we may be looking at these creatures from saying they, they're in, like, a fourth dimensional concept. But there could be something above them that's a fifth dimensional concept and something above them that's a sixth dimensional concept. So it's like I feel like a lot of us, we see like feel like we're digging at a at a really big picture. But realistically, it's a very small picture compared to the grand scheme of what everything could descend out to be. Almost like I keep using this reference, but like the end of Men in Black, you know, when it starts fanning out and you realize how big everything really gets into, you know, we could we could literally just be a thought bubble in somebody's head, you know, (laughs) or some type of spiritual consciousness's head. We could be, uh, you know, a little galaxy on the the collar of a cat. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Some of the concepts you could get into, but I, you know, I always go back to that we have a larger role to play in our reality and creating our reality than we can ever realize. You know, you look at things like magical practices, manifestation. Um, ritual magic things of that nature that can actually have a physical effect on our the outcomes of our reality i since i started learning about it and doing this show i've practiced manifestation uh for a long time and whether you want to think it's bs or not i completely believe in it and i believe that a lot of my success is due to that and it's due to you know just positive energy putting out what you want to come back law of attraction type stuff and that's very real and it can affect everything about our reality can affect other people's reality and being that our reality is so malleable you know what is it and what is this underlying force or ether that connects everything and that we can kind of manipulate through what you would call magic to have a certain outcome on the world and you know that that's another layer (laughs) that's what i was kind of thinking too is that it's like for me personally i'm always that kind of weird luck guy that 
it the weirdest possible possibilities of things that could happen are usually happening to me and it's i think it's because i like manifest for that to happen if that makes sense mm-hmm. so it makes me wonder if we have more control over our reality than we think we do such as everybody in the room saying your friend is mickey mouse like you guys may have manifested that and changed reality within your with with you guys in order to have that actually be seen and have that happen and you're seeing it on a different vibration or frequency. So you have the ability to see this because it's not as materialistic. Um, so, I mean, it comes into a matter of perception. And I feel like a lot of things in my life have been a matter of manifestation because it's like one bad thing will happen, but I always keep a positive mindset going through it. And it always seems like a really good thing happens that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for that bad thing happening. And I haven't seen anything different in my life besides that. So it's like, as far as I'm concerned, the idea of manifestation is definitely a possibility. It's just that a lot of people don't want to believe in it because they expect it to be, boom, right here, right in front of you, when it could take a year for something to manifest and you need all these different steps to happen before that thing can happen. And people just don't have the patience to watch things play out to see what happens. Like, I'll watch a bad thing happen. I won't be like, oh, no, this is the end. This is the end of it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right, let's see what the good thing happens later on is, and I'll keep that positive mindset going through it and a lot of people lose that and i feel like that's why it's just one bad thing after the other is because they're not trying to look at it like from a lot of these topics from like a farther back perspective of things yeah and i'd like to think of it as okay we are definitely creators to uh, during these days during these times with technology we can create wonderful things to a certain degree but it makes me think that in our ancient times before all this technology was introduced before we had probably reset after cyclical cataclysm that erased our history that we were capable of creating even greater things possibly even building with sound frequency our mind uh, that we were capable of things that we would just consider science fiction these days but before all this technology was introduced and things that make us think that we're not capable of doing this uh, all the indoctrination all the mind control that's been introduced through for hundreds and even thousands of years to keep people down it could be that we have profound creative abilities and we are the ultimate creators we created all this for ourselves and we just forgot about it (laughs) wouldn't that be we created this whole thing for to learn and and do all these wonderful things at one point we knew this and we were just working it and doing it and now we just forgot and we're stuck in it we're like what the hell's going on wouldn't that be crazy Kind of like where Metaverse is going, watch, you'll get everybody in their Metaverse and then they'll fall into it. And then if the creators of Metaverse disappear, everybody will forget that they're in fucking Metaverse. That's crazy. Yeah, it goes back to the Matrix thing, like, you know, simulation on top of simulation on top of simulation. That's what they want to get us into is a simulated reality on top of a simulated reality to keep us further from whatever the real truth is about ourselves, you know? And that's the whole idea of the constructed reality on top of constructed reality is keep us from knowing where we come from and what we are and what, exactly the things we're talking about right now. Like who's to say that back when we had the abilities, I believe at one point people had the ability to use magic and we diluted our speech so much and changed the way that certain characters are said that we like took the magic out of the words. So sound break. and frequency and uh, music. I think music is, yeah. is a lost uh, magical art. I've heard that, you know, cathedrals might have been used as uh, major conductors for energy and summoning entities and healing and using music and the the organ and the pipe to 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 kind of concentrate that energy into some kind of healing frequency or field through these cathedrals and even like it could have been through pyramids in Egypt and obelisks could have been used to harness this type of energy that we forgot about and i think sound and frequency was a part of that too 
what, who's to say that when we had these abilities, like when you had things like churches, all that kind of stuff, that it wasn't something that was intended to create almost like a veil over things that made it so that our reality is already a reality within a reality. And we're about to take the next step into the next reality. And then connecting to that topic, um, I know, I'm sure you've heard about the, the Hall of Records that there's supposedly three according to Atlantis. Mm, um, the Halls of Amenti, yeah. Yep. So I, my belief is I, I feel like there's one underneath the Sphinx's foot, and that's why the Egyptian government won't even let people go in there because I feel like it would tell people basically what we're trying to say is that we have this magical connection. So that's why they're so adamant for nobody to find it. My second theory on where the second one might be is I feel like it's in the Vatican. Uh, like they just stole so many records or they found one and then they moved everything into the Vatican. So then I'm still kind of stuck. I'm trying to figure out where the third one might be. And I feel like there's might be some people that know where that is, or maybe elitist, so to speak, maybe found that. And that's why they're into all the magic that they're into. But yeah, it's definitely, I feel like there's a lot of information to figure out what's going on with this reality within those records. And if we figure out how to find those records, then it would almost be like we break down one simulation, so to speak, or this veil that's over us already that made it so that we're all looking at things like, oh, there's no magic, blah, 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 blah. When back in the day, you know, ev almost every culture talks about the, these magic concepts, but it wasn't just like a magic card trick. They were talking about people doing like crazy things. And it's one of those things too, that so many cultures talk about it, uh, that you start to question it because there's certain things that if it's a continuous point, like you have to look into it more. And a lot of people just want to throw it off to the side, like, oh, that's woo woo. Like doesn't, it doesn't matter. But Honestly, that's the type of shit you be, should be looking into. Even like with the Anunnaki, they pop up in every culture. They talk about people that come from the sky. So why is it that that's the main thing we ignore, even though it's one of the main things that continue through every single culture? Yeah, and uh, that makes me wonder who actually does, if anyone on this planet does know some of these deepest, darkest, most hidden secrets that you're talking about in these halls, if anyone, you know, what if there's no one that really knows what's going on? It's all speculation. Even in the highest level of mystery schools, they've got it wrong or they, they've got some pieces missing. You know, I don't know. Or is there, are there guardians of this reality that are mediators between humans and this other type of spectrum or frequency that keep this knowledge? That's another big one. You know, do they walk amongst us at all times? Are they interacting with the highest levels of humanity to kind of coordinate and keep us in this matrix? Do they have high level elites that know we're in this kind of simulated reality and want to keep us there? Or is it just so compartmentalized after a certain level that no one knows? You know, that's interesting too. See, I've had another theory that I've been throwing around. I don't know if anybody else has said this before, but from what you were saying, if there's a higher power that tries to suck energy off of us, be it light or be it a dark thing, it's still feeding off of our energy. So what if these supposed like reptilians are supposed to almost be like the warden, so to speak, for this, this like human farm that they use for energy, where the whole concept of the reptilians is to keep us in this reality so that all these things that are above them that they might see as like their gods or their superior beings are able to live off of like our energies because i feel like it's we don't necessarily die from having our energy pulled um so it, it's like a like a continuous farm that they want to keep alive and they want to keep it where it's at that's why like a lot of the <laughs> you just gave me a flashback to when i had that reptilian experience that if we're all on a we're all on a reptilian form then we're still all trapped man <laughs> that's crazy. exactly yeah Who's to say that we don't have more of a connection to them too, where like all these elitists like Alex Jones talks about, they're trying to descend to higher levels. Maybe it's one of those things where it's like they're working for a power above them, but they're also trying to figure out how to get above that power 
to try to get into a whole other level. And then it jumps back into a whole other concept and possibility with the whole reptilian concept, you know? Yeah, that brings me back to, you know, just treat life like a ride, man. Just go with it. You might not be able to figure it out along the way, but that's okay. You can try and, and do what you got to do, but it's about the experience and it's about learning about it. And, uh, you know, I don't think we were ever going to truly understand what the nature of reality is until we hit that point where we actually cross over to that other side and we see. And I think the afterlife is a big part of that. I think that once we do die, we do understand everything. It all comes back to us. It's like we woke up from a dream and we have this great understanding again of what we are, what we're doing. And maybe we choose to come back to do it again. Like jumping on a roller coaster, like you said, like it's a fun ride. Let me go through that again. It's like a little, uh, it's just like a, a video game or something that we choose to do for entertainment. And it's, it's in reality, in our reality. And when we wake up, it was just a blink of an eye that we did that, you know, maybe 10 minutes playing a game. But it seems like a lifetime here. Maybe it's almost fun for them to play as like they're such an advanced character that it's fun to play as like the basic character. Yeah, it's like playing Dark Souls versus playing like an old Mario game or something like that. They're like, all right, I've had enough Dark Souls. Let's go to the fun, just easy one. Let's just fuck around. I'm gonna incarnate in the most poor, rundown area and have the shittiest life and see what I can do. You know, (laughs) that's crazy. I mean, honestly, Uh, dude, it's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. But anything's a possibility. And I think that's that's the beauty of what we're on and what we're doing here is that anything is possible. It just have to tap into that type of reality. And um, one thing I've noticed amongst all the the people that are living in fear and just kind of stagnant in their lives is that is the big key connector. There is fear and not wanting to do. And we're all on different timelines. We're all on living in different realities. And I like to keep my timeline pretty utopian. I surround myself with people that I enjoy that are like-minded, that I can have conversations like this every day. I try to stay away from Walmart and grocery stores and people wearing face diapers and negativity. And I keep my, my world pretty utopian and my timeline's pretty damn good. And I think if more people did that for themselves, it's, it's like a contagious type of energy that would spread across the planet. Uh, but we've got too many separations of timelines, too many people living on fear timelines and scared to live their lives and scared of whatever germ or whatever they, they're covering their face diaper, uh, their face with. Um, and, you know, wanting to get out there and get experimental drugs pumped into them because of imaginary fear. And that's their timeline. That's their experience. Um, possibly they'll come through it and learn that that experience uh, was put there for a reason, but it wasn't real, just like anything else we're experiencing. But I think the point is that we just got to surround ourselves with what makes us thrive. And I think that's the key for everyone is most people aren't. They're surrounding themselves by an electromagnetic soup and negativity and negative people and people that keep them down and argue with them every day in a job they hate. So, you know, that's a different timeline for them. I mean, even like music and media and that kind of stuff, I feel like can bring down, bring you down without you even realizing it. Like I was telling my buddy the other day, he listens to like, you know, like super hype hip hop as he likes to call it. So I'm trying to make a point to him. He's like, yeah, this gets me going. I love this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but what are you doing? Why are you doing it? He's like hitting on stuff. I'm like, yeah, so hear me out. Yes, you hear the words and you feel a certain way, but you have this subliminal thought in the back of your head that you obviously feel some sort of like anger for the fact that you want to hit something. So it's like all these frequencies are playing into your everyday life and you don't even realize it. Like who's to say that, you know, subliminal messaging has come a long way, even just for, as far as like our understanding of it. But 
there could be a lot deeper concepts going on than we ever thought of, even just like different frequencies playing within media or different music things or certain people saying certain key words can almost like bring you down and instill fear in you. I mean, especially in the news, but I'm talking about like, if you're trying to avoid all that kind of stuff, you can still see it in movies. You can still hear it in your music. You go outside and you hear cars and you're disconnected from nature. I feel like all of it's set on purpose. Same with the whole concept that they want everybody to move into cities and they push everybody away from the woods is because they want you to lose that connection with all that kind of stuff so that they can keep you in the same vibrational frequency that you're in where you have to work a corporate job. And if you speak out, you're afraid of getting fired. So essentially you're just stuck in this continuous cycle until the day you die. Most people don't know how to escape that, unfortunately. Yeah, you're right. Uh, But there is a beautiful thing happening. I do see people escaping. I see more and more people kind of coming online every day. And I think a perfect example of this mainstream shit system crumbling is uh, the amount of money that Netflix has lost lately and the whole Hollywood industry. People just not paying attention to that bullshit anymore because what's coming out of Hollywood is just agendas. It's not even closely to about entertaining people anymore. It's not even close to about finding real good actors and uh, people to participate in this. And it's not even about the money anymore. It's about indoctrination. It's about mind control. It's about propaganda and keeping people in a fear aspect. And you know what? It used to be somewhat entertaining and people would want to tune in to get that propaganda and mind control. Now it's not even entertaining. People are like, this is, this sucks. And it's like the spell's broken. They can't get indoctrinated anymore. And it's happening more and more every day. We see this with Netflix, the billions of, of dollars that it's losing. And it's great. It's a wonderful thing because people are shifting and they wanting to get, you know, real substance, real entertainment, uh, and they're wanting to move away from these negative things that are dragging them down every day that they're watching on the news and TV. And then they're seeing the ridiculous concepts coming out in Netflix every day uh, where, you know, you have to have the nuclear family's gone. You can have a um, a Chinese uh, husband and a a black wife, but your kid's going to be a transvestite. And it's like, where does this come from? You know, this is not your normal thing. They're take they're they're shaping, they're taking reality and they're molding into something that they want to see in the future, which is a dystopian, transhuman, weird, plugged in type of society that they're pushing everybody to. But people are seeing it now and they're like, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go there. You know, I, I don't want to cut my junk off and, and plug myself into the metaverse. So <laughs> Keep me from that reality, and I, I'm 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 starting to see more and more people kind of turn in that direction. That's that's what it's all about, man. We got to keep doing that. I feel like a lot of it too. It's almost like like factory movies at this point, where it's not even like real art anymore. And a lot of it's just uh, like people want to go back to just seeing like true expression from an individual rather than a combined idea by a company that's yeah. been boosted by virtue signaling. Because that's a huge issue too. Is that it's like you try to watch a movie and they're trying to incorporate everybody into one thing and not everything is intended for everybody so like the virtue signaling idea is destroying media it's destroying a lot of stuff where it's like it's getting so ridiculous that like i said like you said people are waking up and they don't want to watch this shit anymore because they're understanding the fact that it's like all right this is unneeded this you don't need to have this shit in here like majority of people aren't part of these different communities so why are we changing the entire way that everybody lives for like a one percent of the community like it doesn't it doesn't make any sense and people are starting to understand that now well what they're doing is that one percent of the community is a mental ill percentage of the honestly they're propping up people with mental illness 
uh, up into the spotlight to get the rest of the world to be mentally ill. They're finding the most crazy people to to have their talking points, and that's what they're pushing. You know, they they have the our we see it in our political leaders, we see it in our local leaders, and we see it on everybody they're putting on TV. Uh, you know, maybe Will Smith is a, an example of this mental illness. Every, you know, these people that are beloved and everybody you know looks up to them. They're all got major problems. They've all been through multi-generational trauma and abuse. And that's what they that's what they keep in these positions is people who have been through multi-generational trauma and abuse to keep them crazy and to keep them psychopaths and to keep the psychopaths up at the top. And that's who they put the cameras on. That's who they prop up so that we all think, oh, well, if that's normal, maybe I should be more like that. Maybe I should be, you know, crazy and and want to uh, start wars and 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 change who I am in fundamentally and and be a robot. You know, they're 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 celebrity. They're cool. I look up to them, so I want to be like that. And that's what's going on and has been going on on a mass scale to keep people from being like, well, I want to be myself. I want to be what I'm supposed to be in life. You know, I want to be what I feel and I'm born as and I'm and thrive as a spiritual being. But no, they, they're taking all that and they want you crunched in this false reality. I mean, honestly, I've been saying this for a long time. They glorify people that are into arguing and drama and mental illness type things mm. when realistically the people that we should be glorifying are our mo most intelligent people and not the ones that have like malicious ideas, but just anybody that even has the ability to think of like different philosophical things. Um, like those are the types of people we should be interested in because not a lot of minds work like that. But instead, everybody wants to be part of this materialistic world where you're seeing these celebrities and they're buying fucking thousand dollar shoes and everybody's saving their fucking money for months to buy a thousand dollar pair of sneakers when it's like, dude, the shit rubs on the fucking ground all day. Like, what are you doing? It's yeah. not about the clothing that you're wearing, but they're getting people retrapped into this matrix by that continuously where people think they have to have, you know, the name brand of everything. So then people are busting their ass at work so they can spend all their money on something with a brand logo on it rather than having things that they could actually do things with, you know? Like they want people to not necessarily be into arts, but to buy a shirt and then just sit there and watch TV versus, you know, you spend your money on a, on paint supplies or on podcasting equipment or whatever, and then you spend your time doing this kind of stuff. They're trying to push you away from that. So they're brainwashing you to think that you should have this glorified life that isn't even glorified because like you were saying, most of those people have mental illnesses for sure. And a lot of them too, they're, they're more than willing to be puppets and they'll push the agenda. Like I've had this theory on the whole slap situation that it was just a cover up for a bunch of other things. And the weirdest part about it was that Chris Rock was on stage the following night and he was talking about it and he wasn't wearing makeup, of course, because you're, you're doing like a comedy stand up thing at like a local place. And it's like, if you got hit that hard by Will Smith, why is there not a red mark on your face? That didn't make any sense to me. And I've been questioning that ever since. And then I'm like, all right. So everybody, even people that weren't there have been talking about this slap for like even now, it's like been like a month. People are still talking about it. And I'm still talking about it, but I guess for an opposite reason. But mm. it was all intended to be a distraction from something else because people want to watch people fight. And they try to keep you in that negative mindset where let's fight, let's go to war, let's do this, let's do that. Because they're trying to push you away from the side of becoming enlightened, becoming spiritual. And that's why, you know, every religion is considered when it comes to a job. Like, we can't do this because of this person. We can't do this because of this person. But if you're a spiritual person, it's... It's not recognized at all. Like I had a situation at work the other day where I'm, I'm a very spiritual person. That's part of the reason why I have dreadlocks. 
or as I, I just like to call them locks because I feel like dreadlocks is a derogatory term because it was supposed to be like dread, like they're not good hair. Um, but the HR lady basically said like, in order to do this part of the job, like it's your choice. You you could you should probably cut your hair, but you know, uh, if you want to deal with it, that's on you, kind of a thing. Not not exactly those words, but kind of paraphrased. And it was like, damn, dude, if I was anybody else from any other religion, you asked me that, there'd be a huge fucking problem because this company is full of trying to be progressive and virtue signaling. So it's like, why? There's a reason why these types of concepts aren't recognized, and it's because they know that you're onto something when you start following these concepts. They'd rather have you follow these blind religions where I feel like there is a lot of truth to every single religion, but the problem was somewhere along the line, somebody realized that they can take power from this and they stood in front of everybody and said, I'm the only one that can talk to God. All of you need to come through me in order to talk to him. And that's kind of what it's like with church. Now you go to church and they're like, give me your money, give me your money. All right. Now I can talk to you about God. And when they talk about the Bible, they take, they read like one sentence and the rest of it is just them talking out loud and they try to act like it's like this thing that you need to be in a special no to be able to understand and they do that shit on purpose because it's keeping everybody blind to what could actually possibly be around them and i see people follow these religions like to a fucking t to the day they die and it's like you've never even thought of like looking into other things making connections you, you want to hate everybody for every other religion you don't realize how many similarities there are between all these different religions and again it's it's all different for matters of perspective and that's where all the different stories come in like even like Judaism and stuff like that. Like they just, the difference between that and a lot of other religions is that, you know, they don't see Jesus as the son of God. And it's just, again, a matter of perspective. So it sprouts off into two different religions. And I feel like all of them started from one base point and then they just split into all these different religions and they've just created this polarization where people were willing to fight over religion, just like anything else, dude, you have to polarize things so that you can have this continuous fight so that you can do shit over here while everybody's too busy fighting with each other. And as soon as one stops, a new one pops up. Yeah, you're right. And I, I want to go back to a point you were making about the virtue signaling and everything that's happening in the mainstream right now. It It's obvious that <clears throat> they're going towards something that they think has maybe overtaken the consciousness of the people, but it hasn't. Uh, they're, I think they're moving too fast. They're trying to put forward concepts that I think they thought people were ready for. And we're really not even close. Um, you know, we're, they're trying to push people into um, a, a different age of thinking when I think that we still are, are, on, are on a different path. I had a guest on that believes that what they're doing on a, a mass scale is trying to skip a whole age of Aquarius and go to the age of Capricorn, which is age of the goat, age of the herd animal, uh, age of just blindly following what our leaders tell us to and skipping over the age of enlightenment, spirituality, air, the age of, of information, and going right back to a dark age and they're trying to usher that in by everything they're doing and the reality is you can't skip over however many thousands of years this era is going to be uh just through uh mind control programs and things that you've traditionally done to attempt this so uh it makes sense that that's what they would be trying to do is skip over a whole kind of era of human enlightenment and growth and keep us in these dark ages times which it makes a lot of sense but i think they're moving way too fast and i don't think people are ready at all for some of the concepts that they're trying to normalize right now. And that's what they're trying to do, trying to normalize some of these way out there, super, super left crazy concepts and make them normal. And people are like, no, I'm, I'm not falling for that. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, if you looked into a project looking glass where yeah. 
they were saying that no matter what outcome yeah. they did, that they didn't end up winning. I feel like we're kind of in the middle of that, and it's actually being – it's playing out in front of us, and a lot of people aren't seeing it that way. But it's like, again, like I said with COVID, if there's ever been more people awake, it's now because of this. And that's why there's a big boom in podcasts and why podcasts are becoming so popular. That just shows how many people are actually starting to wake up to things. And it's like I said, it's a progression. It may take a couple generations, but in the end – like good always triumphs evil, you know. But again, like you said, I said you need to have both in order for there to actually be a progression of things. Otherwise, yeah. I think it's going to sit neutral and stagnant. And before, we've always had a level of dependency on the government and on those powers in control, you know, through our food, water, everything that they provide for us, uh, you know, jobs, education, economy, uh, seemingly that they uh, provide everything that we need, their big daddy. Without them, you know, we're, we're useless. But in reality, we can provide all that stuff for ourselves. And once we start to realize that we don't need them anymore, we, we don't have to be dependent on their false system and start falling out of it, that's when they start throwing all this crap at us to try and keep us there. But it's not working. That's the point we're at right now. We're at a critical time where we can either collectively come together and say, nope, I'm just not going to participate anymore. And that's all we have. That's the simplest answer. Everybody's like, oh, we got to start a revolution, come out in the streets with guns and go, uh, you know, put their heads on pikes. Well, that'd be great. But I don't think we need to do that. I think all we need to do is just stop participating. Be they, the can't, they can't come get us all if we just stopped and started living our lives normally. There's not a thing they could do about it. And it would just reset everything and the whole system would crumble. It's like being the bigger person rather than fighting it back with violence where we get stuck in this continuous cycle. Maybe we'll be the generation or the, the people that start to break that cycle where we end the violence. Because if you look into a lot of things, um, there's a lot of people that have claimed that extraterrestrials, all that kind of stuff, they see us as primitive and they're never going to help until we learn to stop fighting each other. So maybe we're starting to usher into that time where like these spiritual entities or whatever it may be. Are, will be more willing to help us because they realize that we're starting to push away from violence. Like even going to the Ukraine, they're trying to get everybody to fucking go to the Ukraine and everybody in the country is like, nope, not my problem. But yet, you know, there's still the virtue of signaling where everybody's flying the flags and shit, but like... But that's all fake. Like, I think that there's more of an illusionary part to that all the people that are you know staying with ukraine and all the people that are on the side of the government and going with everything i think that's another uh that's another operation that's another false portrayal i don't think that many people are still on board with this shit i think it's only i think it's only what we're seeing online and on tv because when i go outside and i talk to people on the street they're not into it you know, I live in what's considered a blue state you know uh, i live in colorado although i don't see that uh, if you go to Denver, yeah, you see it. But you go outside anywhere else, it's like it's country. People just living their lives, people farming, people wanting to just, you know, have a normal life and not participate in bullshit. And that's everywhere I go, except for big cities, except for where they want to herd everybody into, except for on TV, except for on social media. It's all negative and all the bullshit. Stand with Ukraine. Uh, go kill Putin. All this war, negativity, uh, COVID bullshit. But you unplug yourself from it, you step outside, you go outside of the city a little bit, go into the mountains, go into the country, it's not there. It's and a connection that's, with that, nature. 
that's uh, that's 90 percent of the world is those areas and it's only like a small percentage that city areas and people are kind of crammed into yeah they have like india and in, the, in these overpopulated areas but yet they're more spiritual than us they got more things figured out than, than we do over here even though they're all crammed together but they're trying to separate us into these smart cities and keep us just plugged in however they can but all you have to do is step outside of it and that's the simplest answer just step out the side the system and they can't they can't get you dude i've it's i'm i live in michigan and i see the same thing where it's like you go to detroit or you go to like ferndale or anything like any of the little cities well detroit's a major city but you go there and you see a lot more of these weird concepts like you see a lot more like trans people you see a lot more of this and that but then as soon as you go literally i shit you not like 15 miles north or in any other direction away from the city or 20 miles, all of a sudden you get into a bunch of, like you were saying, country folk, where it's like during COVID, you go to that area, there's not one fucking person wearing a mask. You go to the city, everybody's still paranoid. I mean, even now, it's like you go to Myers and it's like half the people are wearing a mask and the other half aren't wearing a mask, which I don't know if you have those in your state, but it's like a grocery store. Um, But it it shows, it definitely shows because it's like you go out to the country and nobody confronts you about anything. Nobody cares. They're just living their own lives. You go down to the city and you're wearing your mask a little bit below your nose and you have people that are ambushing you about it. And it shows how deep the brainwashing is. It's like the government doesn't even have to try to regulate people because the people will regulate each other because you have such fear instilled in them that they feel like they have to do it. You know, otherwise they're going to, they're going to get sick. They're going to die. They're going to do this. But I don't know, man. It's just, it's a weird concept. I, I don't get a lot of people, but I guess it's just not their time, you know? Yeah, you're right. And it wasn't until like I was living in South Louisiana, a pretty rural where nobody participated in this stuff. And that was a great aspect to it, but I still felt it wasn't where I needed to be. There was a lot of low dense energy around there. So I moved to Colorado and it started out in Denver and there was still something wrong, even though I was surrounded by beautiful mountains and everything. It's just the city. City, I could feel the energy of all the negative negative t- people and all the negativity surrounding me. Every time I go to the store, just even leave the house, it's just boom, it's everybody's there. But uh, it, I, once I moved out a little bit further north, uh, closer to the foothills of the Rockies, it's like it's I don't feel that tense energy. Even when I go outside, it's like I have room to breathe and uh, people aren't exuding this kind of frantic negative energy that most people do in these big cities and that's i think that it's like i said it's contained this energy these energy fields are contagious and if we could get more peaceful calming energy fields throughout that would also help oh yeah and it's it's like i keep saying too it's going to be a progression through time and they they push everybody to the city and they make you think that 90 percent of the world is populated cities because again they're trying to push you away from nature that's why in movies they try to make it seem like, oh, these people are going to get you in the woods he's in the city. And then I mentioned this on my last podcast, but it's a really, really true concept. What does everybody decorate their house with? It's pictures of the woods, pictures of outside, pictures of water. It shows that we have this natural pull and want to be connected with that, but we're forced to be in these cities. And it doesn't matter who it is. I guarantee you almost anybody, they have some type of painting of trees and some kind of outdoor scenery because when you when you look at that, it makes you feel a sense of peace, and that sh- that's showing something. But people want to deny that feeling, and that's why when you go to the woods, you just feel centered and connected. Is because we're inten- we're not intended to live like this. We're getting pushed into it, and none of us realistically want it. And subconsciously, everybody knows that, but they're just continuing to push through it because they feel like this is what they have to do because this is what people are doing. When it's like you can use technology for great things, you can use it for doing stuff like this. But when you start letting technology rule your life, that's when it becomes a whole other thing. 
And even with the whole technology of, you know, trying to contain consciousness inside of a, like a computer chip, I feel like that's an intended practice because it's almost like you can imprison somebody's consciousness within that because then you can never ascend to whatever there may be as a higher power or another realm because your, your consciousness is trapped in this little fucking thumb drive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's very interesting. Now, what were you saying before, uh, before you, we got into this right before you were saying something about, um, oh gosh, I lost my train of thought anyway. Um, gosh, what were we talking about before? I kind of, I totally lost it. I was going to say something and I uh -oh. totally lost it. We're talking about the cities, uh, the yes, cities. Okay. So you, you made a great point. I'm glad you said that you made a great point about movies and to the portrayal that the woods and going, being in nature is going to get you and all these horror movies, uh, where people are going out to the cities and they die. They, you know, they end up getting attacked by monsters or serial killers. And I just thought that was a perfect point of how media has a portrayal of where they want you to be and a certain way of keeping you there. So yeah, I thought that was a good point. And they try to make the cities look extremely peaceful. It's always the thing. The cities and movies are always nice and clean and like super pretty and Oh wow, look at the look at the skyscrapers, look at this. And then they show the woods and it's dark and gritty and all this shit. But a lot of it too, it's it's been a generational push because I, I'm a firm believer in learning how to survive out in the woods. My dad taught me when I was a kid. It's something that I'm gonna be teaching my kids. And a lot of people have feel like they don't have the need to do that because they live in cities. But it's like that's why the woods are so scary to you is because you don't understand the concept of how to fend for yourself because you're used to being able to go to the grocery store and buy a fish rather than learn how to craft a fishing pole or something that you can catch a fish with. Or, you know, I have this lighter, I can start a fire. People forget you can sit there with rocks and you can create your own fire. Like we've lost this connection with it because they've created technology to replace that. And by doing that, it makes things too easy for people where they forget how to do things. Like another one that I'm super adamant about is as far as fruit goes, they make all these fancy cutting tools and all that kind of shit for fruit. Cause I feel like that's another disconnection from us with nature. But me personally, even if I don't always do it, I've tried to figure out how to open every fruit with my hands because that's what you're supposed to be able to do. And again, if I'm ever in a situation, I don't have, you know, an orange peeler or something, which is just another example, or like a hammer to hit a coconut with, you know, at least I know how to physically do it with my hands. And that's the a huge part of the connection that we've lost is how to physically do things for ourselves and not need technology to do things for us. You can use technology, but you still have to know how to do these things on your own or how to create shelter on your own. It's not a hard concept. Just look into it. You could probably watch, you know, a couple of videos on it and at least have a basic understanding of how to create shelter, a fire, and how to obtain some kind of food source for yourself. But again, people are too busy with their everyday lives and, oh, I got to go to work and I got to come home and I got to do this and I got to do that. It's all a big distraction too, to make it so that you can't spend the time to learn these types of concepts. Yeah, it's it goes back to being dependent on on daddy government and and those in power. Uh, up until a few years ago, like maybe eight, seven, eight years ago, I was dependent on you know either tools or going bring my car to someone or having someone come fix things for me. And I was just you know I didn't know how to do basically anything mechanical or to fix things for myself until the past few years when I realized, you know, if I don't learn this stuff, if I don't start growing my own garden, if I don't start, if the system goes down, there's no one going to be able to do it for me. So I, you know, I 
really got on my shit and I started learning how to do all these things that, uh, you know, if, if the system goes down, if the grid goes down, if we have no computers, if we have no society, if we go to the wild west, I'm going to have to take care of myself. So, you know, I started growing my own garden, uh, growing my own food, trying to learn how to fix things all around the house, vehicles, myself, uh, and, and getting to a point where I can be self-sufficient because at some point that's what we're going to need if this whole system is going to crumble and all the facade of false reality and the matrix system that they keep in him, it, it feels like eventually that's going to crumble. It feels like that's what's happening now. But if it does, that means we got to fend for ourselves and we got to learn to do all the things that daddy government and society was doing for us. And we got to do it quickly because, you know, I get the feeling that we don't have much longer to where we're either going to be in this type of system where they're going to keep throwing agendas at us, keep throwing fear at us, or something's going to give and it's going to be, they're going to crumble and we might have a period of wild Westland where we got to figure shit out on our own, you know? I mean, I, I kind of, you have to prepare step by step. And that's the thing that a lot of people think that it's either you're like a doomsday prepper or you're like a normal person, but there's a very fine in between line, like even just stocking up on stuff that's non-perishable, you know, just when you randomly have money to, you know, you go grocery shopping, you buy three extra cans and you start keeping a little stock reserve. Me personally, I live in a suburban area and it sounds a little weird. I have a very small backyard, but I ended up getting chickens and my rooster recently passed away. So I'll have to get another one eventually, but I have six chickens. So with that, I have a renewable source of protein because one, I could either theoretically eat the chickens and then produce more with my rooster or two, um, I keep the eggs. So it's like, even when I have off weeks or I don't have a lot of money and stuff, you know, like I always have some form of protein and nutrition that I have that's renewable that if anything ever happened, like you, you could probably survive off of eating eggs and I have a continuous cycle of them and even keeping fruit and stuff like that and learning how to grow vegetables and all that. Like I have a very small backyard, but I've made as much, I do as much as I can with the space I have. I even have mm -hmm. ducks and stuff just for the sake of if anything does happen, like at least I have some form of being able to feed my family, you know? And again, it's just starting small. I'm not saying anybody has to get a chicken coop in their backyard or anything, but just stocking up on cans. Man, uh, now I want to get a chicken coop. In <laughs> dude, it's For great, sure. dude. I'll have to yeah. send you a picture of it after the show. I got it all like, it's super nice. And I've adapted my chickens too, where chickens, everybody thinks that you need to use heaters. But I started looking into like old farming methods and how, you know, chickens would survive the winter. And uh, pretty much what they say is that, again, going back to that daddy government concept, uh, when people have heat lamps on their chickens, they can never adjust to... The temperature of the cold but chickens have the ability to go down into very very cold temperatures but they have to adapt with it as the year goes on and i can stand by this one that i've had my chickens for a couple of years now and i don't use any type of heat out there anything like that because if anything goes down i wouldn't have that and all my chickens would die they've all survived every winter fat healthy and they lay all winter too which is another thing that a lot of people say you can't get them to do and all you have to do is wrap like plastic or something around the outside. It keeps a little bit more heat in and those chickens can go down into super cold temperatures. And when they do get too cold, they'll go up in their coop and they'll all do this thing where they kind of fluff out and give heat to each other. And then another old farmer trick that I learned that's really cool is that during the winter, you don't clean out their poop in their coop. You add layers and then it adds insulation within the coop and it makes it so that the cold can't come off the ground and it, your chickens have a warm place to go. Like there's ways to get around this shit. And even with farming, they've had their government step in where people think they need these certain things forgetting that you know yes. before power existed people have had chickens and ducks and they've survived winter in very cold conditions you know 
Yeah, and you know all the the pesticides and poisons that they want you to put on your your crops and and food. It's not necessary either. There's plenty of natural alternatives to all that stuff to where we don't have to poison our food and not make take away all the nutritional value. And that's all you're getting from most sad. It's all you're getting from most stores these days is food that has been contaminated. And unfortunately, the only way to get away from that is to grow your own food. Very true. I mean, even even growing mint in your garden keeps certain insects and stuff like that away. They tell you you have to spray pesticide all over your plants, but it's as simple and as basic as just growing certain types of types of herbs in the bottom of your garden will keep bugs. It'll keep rats away. And like Native Americans knew about this kind of stuff. That's why they would do the thing where they would grow. What was it? Maize, uh, pumpkins. And then there was a third thing. And they figured out that with these three things together, that they would benefit each other and keep certain things away from another thing. And it would make it so everything could grow better. And it's like, we have all these connections. We have all these ways of doing these things, but they make you feel like you have to use all these different chemicals on it. When, you know, people got by for up until a hundred years ago, you know, without this kind of shit. And now they seem like you have to fly a fucking plane full of fertilizer over your entire crop. And then my question coming back from that is that, you know, you get shit on your skin and it absorbs. It's no different with plants. So anybody that's like, oh, you know, I get it. I wash it. It's fine. Like, those plants are still absorbing it. They're, it's still inside those plants, no matter what way you look at it. Um, so you're still getting at least trace amounts of this kind of shit. And if it's, it may not be anything crazy, like when you're eating it, but if you're eating this shit for years and years and years, it could be a buildup of all these different chemicals that aren't supposed to be in your body just because they got sucked into the food that you're eating and you don't see it, but it's still in it. You know, it's kind of like you drink alcohol just a little bit, for example, and you don't look like you're on alcohol, but it's still sitting in your stomach. There's still alcohol in your system technically, but it, it, they just, they kind of look the other way on it. And it's kind of a messed up concept. And even like these organic fertilizers, you look into them and stuff and they're still extremely harsh things that aren't supposed to like be on people. Cause there's still things that are natural that can still harm us very much. And so they try to like mask it with the word organic fertilizer or whatever on it, organic pesticide, but it's just as bad as the other shit, you know? It makes me wonder how long we've been on mass poisoned by our, our own leaders. You know, I know that uh, globally, we've probably experienced many cataclysms that have reset us over the years. But there's, you know, new theories that you've probably heard of over the past few years, like mud flood and Tartarian reset, where it could have happened more recently than we think. Maybe a couple hundred years ago, they may have had a huge flood that um, maybe some elite people took advantage of and erased our history before that and kind of started over with all the toxic food, all the toxic thoughts, all the toxic uh, history, all, false history, education, just building. It would have been very easy if there was a mass cataclysm that they all survived somehow and just started rebuilding society in their image from that maybe a couple of hundred years ago. And that theory starts to make more and more sense to me when you look at it, that it could have possibly been more recently in our history that everything was reset to this kind of dystopian level than we think maybe thousands of years of rule but either it is it, i don't know for sure it's an interesting concept i mean it's it's a very easy concept to pull off theoretically though because it's just a matter of something happens uh the schooling system starts teaching a totally different topic and then a couple generations later things start to fade out but there's still these just stories that people are telling and everybody's just seeing them as stories, but it's actually like the handful of people that remember that are telling the truth. And then it gets passed down through certain families, generations. And you're looking at these things like, oh, that's crazy, even though these people have like links to them. And even like the Star Forts, they're, they're all over the place. And people want to deny the existence of certain places. And it's just 
it's right in front of you and everybody just doesn't want well, for to the longest time you didn't question government you didn't question the media you just i mean that if they told you on the tv that was true if they told you in uh in our textbooks in our history books in our education it's true we just went along with it we thought it to be true and it's not until the past few years that we start questioning our own reality and the things that we've been told for so long and man, it can be painful. I know for me, when I first started, I went through a lot of shit. I had to, you know, depression, I had to get over and I actually had to quit, you know, using all kinds of pharmaceuticals and get my health right till I could start really dealing with what I was learning about everything that we've uh, found out about ourselves and our history and what we think is reality is not really that way and that can mess with a person and that's happening on a mass scale so i'm sure a lot of people are going through some shit right now where they're trying to figure out well where do i fall into all this what's really going on what really happened in our history and the more they learn there's like i said they're unplugging those wires and then there's ten thousand other wires beneath that that they got to start working through and it's a process and if many people on this planet are going through this process right now, that's got to be, it's got to be hard for a lot of people. And I try and think about that. I try and think about, you know, whenever I put myself in my place, whenever I first started waking up and it was, it was around, you know, 2013, 14, and I was alone, you know, not many other people, you had to go online to find other people that were kind of starting to, to look at this stuff. You were finding YouTube videos and it wasn't until couple of years ago that we started forming this like truth community, you know, mm -hmm. where we started all getting together and, you know, doing these podcasts together and connecting. And I think that was the start of it, man. Once we start connecting and, and getting other people connected into this, it's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to go through what I went through and what other people went through if they have people to talk to and they're not alone. And it goes back to what we we're saying in the beginning of this podcast, the communication and being able to communicate with people and get this stuff off your chest is a huge part of it. And I think people need to be kind of jumping on board uh, this, not, not necessarily podcasting, but communicating about what's going on because keeping inside and trying to evolve with this crumbling system, it's not going to work and it's going to probably hurt more people than it helps. Yeah, talk about the taboo ideas, but disconnect uh, personal attachment to them. That's kind of what it comes down to. A lot of people have such a personal attachment to a certain topic that they don't want to hear anybody else's side because they're just so far into it. Like, I love the people that are Christians that I can have an open conversation with and ask questions to, and they will, you know, bounce back and forth with me. But there's a lot of it where it's just like instantly, like, I don't believe in the full concept of Christianity. Like I said, I feel like there's a lot of pieces that are very important. And it was just a matter of the wrong people getting in charge and then corrupting the system from the inside out. But, uh, it's, it's, you got to disconnect the feeling from it in order to have these educated conversations. And we're, we're humans. We're the only thing on this planet that we know of that has the ability to actually sit down and debate something and form a new opinion and a new way of going about things. So it's like, why don't we start actually hopping on that and actually doing that? And I mean, it's starting to happen. Like I said, with the Ukraine thing that, we have this ability, so we need to go with it. Stop, stop attacking each other because we're not, we're not the primitive beings that we used to be. You know, there's certain situations where it just comes down to nature. Like if you were trying to eat and you needed to like kill a deer or eat some fish or something, because the way nature is intended to work is that they're supposed to be apex predators that rebound, that balance out the ecosystem. So it's intended and it's needed with nature, but it doesn't have to be seen the same way that people view it as it's like killing, it's murder, blah, 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 blah. Like it, it's, it's needed for nature. But it's not 
needed for people. You know, it's mm. we have the ability to talk, so we need to start doing that. Right, right on. Yeah, that's a perfect point. Uh, we need to start using our communication more in our education and things that we've learned over the past two years that didn't work for us before, you know, that didn't work for our, uh, our collective humanity before that maybe we should start learning from our past. And I don't think war is natural. I don't think uh, going around killing mass amounts of people for land or or rights to to claim whatever or even you know any reason multiple reasons that two countries go to war i don't think it's ever necessary and i think that if you're participating in any of that that you're still part of this system and you need to unplug if you're cheering for either sides of a war if you're cheating cheering for russia if you're cheering for ukraine if you whoever back out of it you know i think that's the only way that we're going to make any changes uh is just to not participate in what they're trying to throw in our faces because none of it is natural uh none of the things that they they want us to head towards as a society is where we naturally would have been headed you know imagine if none of these elite scumbags were here imagine if it was just us and we were never reset and we were able to thrive off of our own consciousness and do what we were meant to be here as humans, you know, with our, is that outside influence supposed to be here? Does, does that serve its purpose too? Like we were talking about where we wouldn't grow and, and learn if we didn't have that. I don't know all these deep, wonderful questions. And I'm so glad we got to talk about them. Yeah, me too. And it's, I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. So this conversation, all these things that happen are, are happening in the world, everything that has happened in the world. I feel like it all happens for a reason. It's all part of a grand plan. And we just have to keep an optimistic picture of what it could be because if you manifest something bad, something bad's going to happen. But if you stay optimistic and manifest something good as a whole, then hopefully that's what we'll progress to because if we do manifest our, our reality and if everybody on the planet is being optimistic about our future reality, then there's no doubt in my mind that it won't be something optimistic and a good open-minded future. For sure, man, 100%. I believe we definitely create our reality. I've seen it firsthand. And positivity, power of positive thinking, law of attraction, um, and not participating in fear and bullshit was the key for me to, to see a lot of these things. And um, I believe that, you know, my journey has just started. Uh, the, the concepts I'm learning today, I probably will feel completely different about tomorrow and the next day. And I'll keep learning and evolving and unplugging those wires just like we all will. Uh, so I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful at this point to see where we're going. You know, for a while, 2020, 2021, we we're all in this kind of collective state of, oh my God, is the world about to end? What's going on here? And then as we evolved and saw what was happening behind the scenes and saw it was all just a big facade, really, you know, it's, it's all an illusion, just like everything else they put forward, we start to see, huh, all right, I'm just going to sit back and let them do their thing. And I'm going to do my thing because their shit's not even real and it has nothing to do with me. So, you know, if more people did that, I think that's, that's the key to, to starting good living. I usually ask at the end of the show, uh, if anybody, if you want to leave with any words of wisdom, I mean, that was pretty close, but if you had some <laughs> other words of wisdom that you'd like to bestow on the listeners, I'd love to hear it too. Well, I, I can only, like I said, speak for what I've learned and what I do. And I, I don't, I don't participate in things that don't serve me. I surround myself with 
people that I love and are like-minded and then I could talk about stuff like we just talked about. I don't go to places that contain negative energy fields or I try not to as much as possible. You know, I walk into a Walmart and I'm immediately blasted with like electromagnetic frequencies and people's emotions and feelings. And it's like, oh, this place is disgusting. So, you know, I just try to surround myself with beauty, going out into the mountains, going out in nature. And I think it's all about what you're surrounding yourself with and what you're putting out. And it'll all come back full circle. Um, and like I said, just be positive and put as much love and positive energy out as you want to receive back. And it happens. It's pretty cool how it happens too. Oh yeah. Um, so before we get going, just in case anybody didn't get it in the beginning or now they're super interested, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, for sure. And thanks so much again, man, for having me on. That was a blast. Uh, you can find Forbidden Knowledge News on all podcast platforms. Our website is forbiddenknowledge.news. We also feature other about eight, seven or eight other podcasts on there from our awesome community. Uh, we're available. Our premium content is on Rockfin, uh, rockfin.com slash FKN plus. That's where you get all your stuff. You can't find anywhere else. We're on Odyssey. We're on Mines. We're on Rumble. And we're limited on YouTube because YouTube sucks and they're a draconian censorship platform. So we just put clips up there usually to direct people in other directions. So that's where you find us. Thanks again, everybody who sat and listened to this whole conversation. I hope the words resonated with you, and I hope you have a good night wherever you are. Bye, everybody. If anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic question for the show, or has anything they feel they can contribute to the show, please send me an email at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. If you'd like to donate to the show so I can eventually do this as a full-time thing, please check me out on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash inquiriesofourrealitypodcast. And of course, follow me on social media for updates on the show. For Instagram, it's going to be www.instagram.com slash inquiries of our reality. And for Facebook, it's going to be www.facebook.com slash inquiries of our reality podcast. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co.